Then I literally woke up January 1st, 2018. Didn't even say Happy New Year to my husband. I just rolled over and went, I'm going to start doing stand-up. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. All right. Welcome to the first episode of Mother Effin Podcast. <laughs> You're so excited. I, I am. I wasn't into the podcast, but everyone kept saying we should do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't for the first like six, six months of our relationship. Our relationship is only like eight months old. Anyways. It's six months and two days old. <laughs> so. Um, and then we did it and I started having fun with it. Yeah. And then we lost all the material. And then I got really sad. So this is round two. Round two. So I'm Heather Dragulescu and with me is... Patty Crouch. And we're crazy comedian ladies who also are moms, yeah. who also adopted. So a side note of how we met, I went to the Flappers University Open and Mike. I had been doing, I did classes in August, my show in September, and then took six months off because Jackson, my youngest son, was having um, open heart surgery. So, you know, I went a little crazy. And then when he was healed and fine, I went back to the open mic night, and that was to the FU mic, and that's where Heather was doing her show that day. Yes, that was so my she, showcase day. That was your yeah. your showcase day, and I saw your set and was like laughing hysterically. Told your husband, even though it was a little weird, I was like, "Hey, I'm also an adopted mom. I would love to talk to your, your talk to." Oh, he was wife. so excited about and it, and I was like, "She's awesome. She needs to continue doing this." Yeah, all of you were there, and then Bobby saw you. First, because he was going to park at Ashley Furniture, because that's where we park. Huh. It's allowed. Uh, and It's legal. You were crossing the street, and you're wearing like a long duster sweater. Yeah. And Bobby looks, and he goes, that's a comedian. I'm going to end up knowing her. Which, and now we do. It is, yeah. Which is crazy, Providence. because like I don't think we talked for a little couple weeks, and then I think I text again saying, hey, are you still doing it, or something? I texted you first, just because you gave Bobby your number. Because uh, he was like, oh, my wife is, you know, yeah. he talked to you. Well, it was weird. Like, I was yeah. like, give your wife my number. Like, yeah. I don't want you to have no. my number. Like, Bobby, you're a great person and all, but I love my Chris. So yeah. it was kind of awkward to give my number I know, to, to a guy. guy. I know. So I was like, give this to your wife. And then I was like, I guess I should text her, not like the next day, but like the next, next day. Oh. So I don't sound all weird. I so I sent one that. text. You gave me the courtesy 48 hours. I did. You didn't scare me off. <laughs> you ha- can't so be sweet. creepy. That's so sweet that you thought about yeah. it, that you wanted a text right away, but you're like, no, I don't need to be yeah. creepy. Let's, and let's do this right. It was, definitely. And I think we sent like three or four texts back, like in the first couple days. And then it was like, okay, well, maybe we'll see each other around. Like we both left it very open. Right. And then we met up again at another FU mic. We both happened to be there. I was like, oh, you're bad. I remember when we were texting. Yeah. And then I think we didn't leave for like an hour after we the We stayed night. for a while. And yeah. that's the day that we were like, yeah, I don't know where this is going to take us. Yeah. Because both Heather and I kind of found comedy just has like a way as an outlet for yeah. like therapy and like to do something of yourself. Like I knew it was always on my bucket list. Found out my son was going to have open heart surgery. The girls were going to go to school, start school, and they're not the easiest to transition mm-hmm. to school. Yeah. Um, so I knew it was going to be rough. And so I like almost had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I looked up classes and was like, Chris, I want to take classes. He's like, okay, when do they start? I'm like, tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, okay. And so I did it. Yeah. That's um, awesome. and then it's, I love it. I'm in love with it. And it's like so therapeutic yeah. and so amazing and so great. So like, how'd you, if you found comedy similar, right? I had wanted to do it for a while and I had talked about it. 
I, so it's funny, Ken, who is the dean of Flappers University, is the brother-in-law to a woman I knew. And like three or four years prior, I was like, I want to do stand-up comedy. Anybody know any classes? And I got recommendations. And she's like, well, my brother-in-law runs it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I didn't think about it again for a long time. Then I literally woke up January 1st, 2018. Didn't even say Happy New Year to my husband. And just rolled over and went, I'm going to start doing stand-up. And he was like, okay, good morning. <laughs> you know, like, and so classes were starting a few weeks after that. Like I looked it up. And so I signed up that day, paid for flappers classes. And I was yeah, like, all right, we're going to do it. You know, just it's time. It was like this burning sensation inside. I'm sure you had like this feeling of like, I have to go do this now. I, I it was, I have to do something mm-hmm. or I'm going to lose myself. Yeah. Kind of feeling like I'm yeah. going to have a legit nervous breakdown if I don't do something for me. Yeah. And then comedy immediately came in and like a couple the last six weeks, different people in different like groups in my life were like, and both were like, "Oh, you should do stand up. You're so funny." And I'm like, oh. "So it was yeah. in my, it had been brought to my like forethought, and so it definitely worked." Yeah. But I remember that day we talked a whole lot, and we talked about like, "I don't know where this is gonna go. Like, yeah. I don't see myself traveling. I have a family. I want to be there for them. Yeah, like maybe writing. Like, oh, I had the idea for a sitcom, mm-hmm. and then you said it, and I was like, oh, maybe we can write a sitcom. And then we both kind of like nonchalantly were like, maybe we'll write it together. Yeah. Ha 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 ha." And then do you remember like the next day you sent me a wall of text? You're like, look, if we're going to do this, you need to know the following. And it was like this giant wall of text of like, rule number one, (laughs) families first. I mean, it was great. And it was one of those things where I was exactly on the same page, you know, and it was, but I was so glad you did it first where you're like, this is how it's going to be. Um, but yeah. Well, I wanted to be like real, like. If this is the, if, if we're seriously mm-hmm. doing this, like my family comes first. I don't want you to get oh, mad totally. at me because of the family, yeah. you know? And the communication is huge for me. And I was like, I just want to make sure we have clear communication. Yeah. Like, Which I think we do. <laughs> we do. We te- I, I honestly think it's rare that we go more than 48 hours without like texting or something with each other. Seems, we tend to respect each other on the weekends. I think we're just so busy yeah. with our kids. Yeah. It's like, you probably barely And neither anymore. one of us get like mad if we're like, hey, can yeah. you talk right now? We're like, no. We're like, oh, okay. I get it. Or getting off <laughs> yeah. the phone really easily. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? what is, kids, you, about to, kids about to set fire to something. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> okay. okay. So we have kids. Yes. So another thing that the reason why I think Heather and I get along so well is because we both have very similar stories in the sense that we both adopted three kids through foster care here in LA. Yes. But we have very different stories within that, which is quite interesting. Um, so why did you and Bobby decide to adopt? Uh... I wanted those sweet Jesus points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just always wanted to. I read like, I remember 2020 had a thing on Romanian orphans and like they did a follow-up story six months later on American, six months later, like on American families that adopted these Romanian orphans and how happy these children were to have parents. And, you know, Maury Povich used to do a whole adoption because he adopted Maury Povich. He and his wife had adopted. I don't know how many kids, at least one. So I would always see these things about adoption. I read like Anne of Green Gables. And I was like, oh, adoption's beautiful and wonderful. So uh, when Bobby was 17 and I was 15, we started dating. And I was like, we're going to adopt. And he didn't really care at the time because he was 17. I don't even think he thought at the time, like, I'm going to be with this person forever. (laughs) Um, But so he said, okay. And I held him to it. (laughs) So you're like, what you say at 17 is is contractual. Contractual. Contract, yeah, contract. But technically, he was under eighteen, so he really could not have been held legally responsible for that. But shh, don't tell her. I know it's too late now. Um, so we decided we wanted to adopt, and 
Well, we had gotten, I think we were been married for 12 years, 10, 11, no, 11 years. And I was like, it's time. It's time to start having children. Let's go do it. And we sort of have some fun. We were bored. We are like, we've done everything else we needed to do. So Bored is not a reason to have kids, but uh, no. okay. Uh, so it just felt like it was the right time. We were in our mid-30s at that point. But it took forever. First of all, I was really slow on that paperwork. I did not. I was like, oh my gosh. And because Bobby wasn't going to fill it out. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I have to do it myself. So it took me a long time to get the paperwork done. Um, and then we could not get matched. Like, we just... That just seems so crazy to me because all you I ever know. hear is that there's so many kids who need a home. There's so many kids who need a home. And here's a loving home. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it now is that, you know, I am a religious person, is that this was God's plan. Like, he was waiting for us to have yeah. these kids. Because if you look at, like, when we started the process and when they entered foster care, it's right about the same time. So it's like, I, I, I believe in God. I have to believe he was kind of holding his thumb and saying, wait they're coming yeah. and these are the ones that are for you and I had given up these are the point. obstacles you're going to go through in order for the timing to be right for yeah. you to be to matched with your kids so um I think it was supposed to be this way but it really sucked at the time and I would I cry and be like they don't like me because I'm not ethnic enough or I'm too ethnic or I'm blah 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 I'm not the right I mean that was what we were getting like you're not Hispanic you're, you and your husband are too diverse it's just like, such an old way of thinking yeah that seems so weird because like ours our agency would never... Yeah, it was bizarre. And it wasn't even our agency. It was the counties. The counties were saying no. See, the county, yeah. I feel, has more our old school thinking because yeah. they just don't have that much training. Yeah. All the newer yeah. agencies are and, and maybe it's more training. even different now because it's been like five years since we really started going through the process. But like... That makes sense too. You know, so I'm what hoping. year was that? Just so I have a reference. 2013 is when we were... Uh, no, we were, we were approved... I think in 2012. 2013 oh, so is when we started the process before you. Mm-hmm, probably. That's and intriguing because you're so Because you've, you've actually had your kids longer than I've had mine. I've only had mine uh, fostering included about four years. And I guess mine has been, we got, uh, we, the girls came to us 2011. Mm-hmm. They were born 2010, they came in 2011. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get our kids until 2014. 14 sounds so like. But ours are much older because we didn't get them as yeah. infants. We got them fully, well, we got one fully baked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, we'll go into that later, the the, the baking levels. But, um, so yeah, we got ours in 14, 2014, our kids. So you didn't get approved in 2000? I think we were approved in 2012. Uh, and 2013 is when my great aunt passed away. And I think we were approved before that. We've been approved for almost a year at that point. Because there's no matches. No matches. Could not get matched. Um, We had one that matched, but they came like with knowledge that all three had been, it was three again, super cute little kids, but all three had had some severe trauma and stuff that we didn't think we could handle. But then we ended up getting it anyways with our kids. We just didn't know. And so you I'm probably like, still can't handle it. I know. So, <laughs> uh, you really yeah. can. So, you are not a no. trained therapist. No. You are a mother. Who is now acting as a therapist. Last night, Bella was like, I said, Bella, I, I, I got Bella the Hunger Games books, even mm-hmm. though I think they're trash, um, because I knew she would like them. I like them. I don't like them. You don't like Harry Potter either, though. It's just, it's poorly written. The first ones are okay. This is not a video. Let me describe my <laughs> face to you of the shock I have 
of Harry you Potter. You cannot tell me that last book, The Deathly Hallows, is good. It is so poorly written that a pe- what a epilogue. Okay, we, we okay. just started the podcast. <laughs> I would like to have this have a life. I don't need to end our friendship. Okay. On the Deathly Hollows. So let's just never have this conversation again. Look, we will never speak of it again. I'll put it this way. I think Harry Potter in and of itself is wonderful for kids. And it, it's magical and mm-hmm. it's inspiring. And she does hit some hard topics, which are very important. And it's nice that she addresses them in this way. And stop your sentence there. I'm just and we're saying. Done. If and, we're take... done. <laughs> and we're done. And we're done. Back to Bella. So C. Bella S. read the Lewis. Hunger Games. <laughs> Bella read the Hunger Games. She's reading the Hunger Games right now. And she's like, Mom, you're right. How did you know that I would like this book? And I said, because I know you better than you know you. And she, lo- and she could tell she was about to get ready for some smart-alecky response. And she stopped and like had a moment of clarity. She's like, I think you do. And I was like, yeah. She's like, why is that? And I said, it's because I love you and I care about you. And she just kind of shut up, like didn't say anything in addition to that. Wow. So it was a nice little like... I have a lot of hard times with Bella, so it was a nice little moment there. But I think she, I'm hoping that sinks in, because like she thinks about her birthday, she's like, "You picked everything I could have ever wanted for my birthday. You got everything exactly the way I would have wanted it." I'm like, "I know. I know exactly what will make you happy. I know exactly what will interest you. I, and know, I know exactly yeah. what will keep you safe. Yes, and help you reach your best potential. Yes." Yeah, Zandy so. told me that earlier. So oh. I told her that. I told her that, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Well, I don't want to reach my best potential." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, then, therein lies the problem." <laughs> so you started earlier than us. Yeah. And so when were you? You were approved in 2011, or were you? When did you start the process, and why? Okay, so when I was around 16, mm-hmm. give or take a couple of days. <laughs> uh, when I was around 16, I just like the Lord put in my heart, like you're going to adapt. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I didn't know what that meant at that age. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't around people who had fostered or had international adoption or private adoption or I don't think I even knew anyone who was adopted. Like it wasn't what we talked about as a teenager. So yeah. I feel like nowadays people talk about it more because families look so different. Yeah. But back then it was like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it was in my heart. And then a Across the world, like halfway across the world, Chris was in China, not in China, he was in Spain or somewhere, and he had the thought of like, I could adopt, mm-hmm. and we hadn't known each other yet. So. Is, that, is he older than you? Yeah, he's four years older than okay. me. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm four years older than him. Are you? No? What? Chris oh. is more this conversation. <laughs> Anyways, so then, so he had in his own thought that like, he was in the military at the time. Oh, okay, gotcha. He had his own thought that he was going to... Adopt as well. Gotcha. And then on our third date, it just like came up like... Oh, well, that's what you talk about on third dates. Exactly. You talk about these things. <laughs> Although I do have a, a, yeah. a tip that most people will probably never take. Always on the third date, I always brought up that I was saving myself for marriage. And all the scum buckets and like losers oh, sure. left. Yeah. And honestly, there was not very many that, that stayed around. And yeah. Chris was one of the ones that stayed around. <laughs> anyway, so on the third date, we talked about it. And this came up like, oh, yeah, I've always been adopted. He's like, yeah, same here. And I was just like... Oh, we didn't have like an intense conversation. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's crazy that we both thought about it. And then, yeah. we, then we thought like, well, how long? And then we realized that like we had it around the same thought. And we were like, that's just weird. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, God, what you doing? Yeah. Um, but at that time, Chris wasn't a believer. Yeah. So that was a big hindrance in our relationship. <laughs> my husband's still not a believer, but we just keep going. I keep barreling through. Nothing um, is there. So like, we'll figure it out later. So yeah, so then 
we went through the infertility stuff mm-hmm. and our grand plan was always to have two biological kids and yeah. adopt a third. And then we went through the infertility stuff and found out that they never really said his stuff was always great. They never really said it was me. It was always unexplained infertility. Oh yeah. But it was always me. Like the medicines yeah. never did what they were supposed to do mm-hmm. with me. Like the doctors were like, this is not right. Like I have no clue why your hormone levels are here when that's supposed to be in two weeks. And like, then they would drop and where they were supposed to be was two mm. weeks late. Like my body was all messed up and yeah. the drugs made it wackier versus like more stable. Yeah. And so they, after five rounds of just regular like drugs and insemination, we were like, we can't do this yeah. and move forward, glorifying God. And so then we're like, well, we've always wanted to be a family and we're going to adopt anyway. So why don't we just adopt them all? And then the reason why we chose foster care was because the You're church, totally, by the way, going to have a surprise baby. And I won't punch you in the throat. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. My friend adopted, like... It's in the Kaiser pamphlet. Adoption does not increase your chances well, of pregnancy. that's why you're going to end up switching to, like, Blue Shield. And when that happens, <laughs> like... <laughs> what? Uh, no, it's... I think it does. Not in all cases. But I think there's a hormonal shift in some people. That happens. Well, I'm scared that menopause is actually going to put my body into the right moments. <laughs> and then I'm like, surprise! 50 years old having a baby. Because no, I don't want that. We so have no. a family friend, like I another one, who adopted like five kids. And the la- the fifth one she adopted was special needs, had Down syndrome, right? Okay. Out of the blue. Twins! <laughs> like, and she's like 45. Like, surprise! No, no. I'm just saying. It could I happen. Will, it could happen, and I've been praying against it the whole time, to the point where I'm like, Chris, maybe we should spend $2,000 for you to get a mastectomy, because I am done. <laughs> I cannot handle anymore. You know, even those aren't perfect. I so. know. I know. One of my friends has two uh, baby Surprise. siblings Uh-oh. because of vasectomies that have reversed themselves oh, and ended up having pregnant. I'm just saying. So, no. No. You can't. No. 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 Just no. say whatever no. happens. No. Happens. No. 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 So then we fostered. Yeah. <laughs> and we started the process like June, like June 2nd. Mm-hmm. And we were certified by like, it was August 29th, I think, of 2000. You were fast. Chris is competitive and there was a couple yeah. that did it in six weeks. So we did it in eight and he was yeah. mad that we didn't do it in time. <laughs> but we couldn't with the classes and stuff. Yeah. And we literally got fostered like that. Friday or Saturday. Yeah. We got fostered that Friday, I think. And then that Monday or Tuesday. Because it was the 29th yeah. or 30. We got, I think it was the 29th well, that we got. 29th. And there's only 30 days in August. Yeah. And then we got a call for September, September 1st. So it was like really quick. Did you put that you were willing to foster and knew that reunification was a possibility? Yeah. Our, okay. Ours was always like. So that was the one thing that we didn't do. Is we said we wanted kids who were going to be available for oh, adoption. Oh yeah. It's a different list. Yeah. So we got a list of like we'll see. Because we always went in it with the idea of like, oh, we'll show the family Christ and if they yeah. end up cleaning their acts together, that's fine. Like, I always had this mantra of I'm willing to get hurt so that these kids can be loved. Yeah. Kind of thing. You're a better person um, than I am. Because so I was oh, like, I don't want to deal with that drama. After I got hurt, I was like, screw that. We ain't doing that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Jackson. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we got, yeah, we've always, our profile was, <laughs> so funny. Our profile was four and under. Uh, we wanted one and the only way we were going to get two is siblings. And Chris literally was like, I go, what about twins? Like during one, we're yeah. filling out the thing in front of the lady. Yeah. Right. Marisa, who's our part of our story forever. I love her. She, I was like, what about twins? She's like, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> like, like it's going to happen kind of thing. And that's so funny. And then, 
We also said no mental illness because yeah. like schizophrenia and stuff really like mm-hmm. I don't know how I would handle that. Like I don't think I'm strong enough. And then um, no fetal alcohol yeah. spectrum disorder because that's like the hardest yeah. thing. And we got FASD. Our youngest yeah. has FASD. And then we got a call for twins. And the same call, we got a call for an 18-month-old girl who was her rights were going to be terminated. Mm-hmm. So she was more on that list. Or the twins. And we were like, let's just go for the twins because it was the way. Yeah. I always thought I was in a, I always wanted twins. Mm-hmm. And then I thought the infertility was like, this is how we're going to get the twins. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. So then when we got a call, I was like, what? Yeah. I still get my twins? Aww. So I have my twins. So I have twins. Now, they came to us at nine months old. They were adopted August, not August. They were adopted June 27, 2014. Jackson was born August 6, 2014, and then we took him home from the NICU August 27, 2014. How long did you take to adopt him? Was he faster? He was supposed to be faster because mm-hmm. it was her fourth child that was had mm-hmm. been detained. However, a cousin came into the picture and wanted custody, so we had to figure that out. Yeah. And then their birth parents, their birth mom, and their dad's never been around mm-hmm. for both cases because they had the same mom, different dads. Yeah, dad. different dads. Um, She's mentally disabled as well. And so mm. they, just, they just have to give you more time, give them more time yeah. just to make sure they have the documentation so that, I mean, it's fair. I, I get it. And it was supposed to be quick and it took two and a half years. Yeah. So. I think ours went, let's see, we matched with them in April. I imagine you're, it was like six months and you're adopted though, right? No. It's no? a little while. But like, it's not as bad. I mean, there were reasons. Um, no, we matched in April. But, but they didn't you, like, even... fought for your kids. Like, you were like, these to. are it. Like, you saw them. I did. Which I is weird, because like... I've never been to one of those websites. Okay, so, did you ever go to any of those? Oh, you didn't even have to do that. We went no. to those, like, So, I, like, literally. This is, like, the worst thing ever. We literally, the agency. Yeah. The county calls the agency. The agency goes, oh, those fit these five families. Mm-hmm. I'll call my five yeah. families first. And then they call whoever's been waiting on the I list never long enough. I call. And that was it. So, like. This fit our criteria. Yeah. It was so we were on. We were the ones longest on the yeah. list, I guess, or something with the criteria. Yeah. As of three days. As of three, I know. <laughs> I, I don't know how that. No, worked. um, no, we were on. We we never got a call. Um, we went to a bunch of these. We went to one, not a bunch. We went to one event that was one is more than enough. Well, this like hang out with these kids event who are available for adoption, and I went and I like did the Mark Wahlberg movie that I want to see. Yeah, and it was. The most heartbreaking experience of my entire life. I can't imagine. And because what's going through the psyches of those kids? And then, yeah, they're meeting people who could be potential. And then to not get selected, to be like, what was wrong with me that yeah. they didn't want me? And I told Bobby, like, I cried. I was like, I cried. I was <gasps> like, I know. Because it was so heartbreaking because I there was a set of kids actually that we Heather saw. Heather never cries. Well, there's a set that we saw and we put our interest in. Because then they take you to a room and you're supposed to fill out who you're interested in. And we'd been on the list for so long so that we would have been priority. It's like a but car then, lot. It is. It's so awful. But then we found out they had abuse history that we didn't want. So we passed on them, this sibling set, who were actually in our age range. The boy was three. I think the girl was five. So they were in the ideal age range, but we passed. I said, no. I don't want this. We said we weren't going to take these kinds of kids. Bye. Um, little did I know. So then we went. There's another one coming up because I told the adoption coordinator at our foster agency, like, I'm never going to one of those again. It was awful. She's like, well, there's this new one coming up, but you don't meet any kids. 
it's just all the local counties come, all California counties, because it's all, you can adopt with our agency anywhere in the state. What agency? Uh, Koinonia. Okay. But at the time, I think they only do it with some states, but at the time you could not adopt state to state. So yeah, some foster agencies can do state, cross state lines and everything. Some can't. It's like a whole right. licensing thing. So ours was only in the state. But there was an event that was going to be all the counties here, a representative, with boxes and files of kids. And so we went through and we're like looking at all the counties and we get to LA County and my kids who I saw on a website and I had applied for on a website too, you know, to buy. Um, <laughs> so on two, they're on two websites and I applied at both places and then they're there and their social worker was not at the event. Do you they're, have a screenshot of that or anything? I do. I put it in their memory book with like their descriptions and everything Wow. because I wanted them to see like what we saw and, um, and, uh, but there was a guy there, uh, who was so sweet and I cornered him and for 15 minutes I'm like these are my kids you need to give me these kids and I was like I'm gonna be the best parent for them we're gonna blah 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 and like gave him this whole pitch and was adamant so the youngest of our kids Anna had been matched and she was gonna be separated that's so crazy um and then he came in and he's like oh time out I have another couple I met they're young they don't have kids you know he's like but I think they could be really great so they unmatched Not her. Not having kids is a plus in this situation because... Yeah. So they unmatched her and because we were willing to take all three. We said yeah. we want all of them. And so that's also big for the county is if oh, you're yeah. willing to take all the children. So we matched... They matched us instead. But it was so funny is I got an email from the website saying, uh, we're sorry to inform you. The kids have already been matched. Sorry. And then two days later, I got a call from my agency saying, hey, you got a match. And I was like, with who? <laughs> She's like, with the siblings. I'm like, which siblings? Like, I didn't... Because at that point, all of our match that the request that we put in had come back. And then she said their names. And I was like, what? I said, but I got an email saying I hadn't matched. She's like, it was probably because they didn't know you had matched with us. Because the county just sends back to the website, matched. They don't say who they've been matched with or anything. You know, or like, it's been you. They're like, they just say match, not match. So you, you know. So, um, yeah, that was a big surprise, and I was so excited, because finally, like, it, it had been two and a half years. That's just so crazy. Yeah. And so, I'd actually told them at that time, if I don't get matched before, uh, in the next, because we were supposed to go up for a renewal for our license, I said, if I don't get matched the next three months, I'm not renewing. I'm done. Like, I'm done trying. That's just so weird, because yeah. we did infertility for 19 months. Yeah. Like, we aggressively tried... For 19 months and got 19 no's. And that yeah. was hard. Yeah. Like, so hard. I mean... So, I can't... And I, I don't know how other people who suffer from infertility yeah. can do it for five years and do all this stuff. Yeah. So, I can't imagine, like... Two and a half years. years yeah. Two and a half no's. years of waiting and every call going, oh, they're... Co- oh, they're not. No. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they're not. You know, and I like, had that... And you're not I, good enough. Yeah. I had that for, like, less than 48 hours and I was like, huh, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and, and maybe this is why I don't cry so much now. I would cry all the time about this. Like, why am I not good enough? What's wrong with me as a person? Why? Blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you connect the dots in hindsight. And I say, well, it's because I was waiting for these kids. Yeah. I had to wait. I was, I was meant to have these kids. So you kids. can cry again. I don't want to cry anymore. I'm done. <laughs> no. I'm so tired. Because I cried through that first year. Oh, the stress of it all was awful. So we matched in April. We started meeting them in June. And July 27th, they moved in with us. 
Of what uh, year? Of, of two- 2014. They moved in with us. So, oh, your dark years coincide with my dark years. <laughs> Hooray! That's why we Hooray! understand each other so well. So It was so soon. It wasn't that long ago. So the first approval would have been August. The first court date um, was August. But the judge was like, they've lived there for less than a month. I'm not approving this adoption. They need to be there for six months. Well, LA usually, and it makes ha- sense. LA usually yeah. has a thing where you're not allowed to adopt for six months. Like, they have um, to be in the... It depends. Like, well, there's always circumstances. That makes sense. But the... The lawyer's like, they're probably going to say they have to live for you. She's like, it's it's standard. It's standard, six months. months. So I was like, okay. So I understood it was going to take six months. Um, even when they relinquish the rights, like when it's like full. Well, the rights, so okay, the rights are already gone, but then maternal grandma steps into the picture. But they're like, maternal grandma can't get the kids because she's part of the complaint. And she has an open, she has open, uh, what is it, uh, CPS DC. files, like yeah, C- CPS, like DCFS, child, yeah, DCPS cases on her. They're like, there's no way she's getting these kids yeah. with that way. But yes, well, yeah. and I didn't think that's wise to have a six month thing. Like, yeah, really to get make the, sure that you're, you're let everyone stick it out. get settled, yeah. let everyone figure it out, let everyone do it before you make yeah. a permanent decision to alter your family for the rest of your life. So the problem became in, in, in August when we didn't go to that court case, we didn't need to, the kids didn't need to be there. Because they just moved with us, and they'd had we'd had so many people show up in that first week to take a look at them and everything, like you know, yeah, social work, so many social workers, the lawyers, da da da. da. And I remember um, getting a call. No, there was another case in September. They were going to revisit in September. I don't remember why they were going to revisit in September, but they were, and they did. And the only reason I remember it's September is because by October things had changed dramatically. So in September. The we go to a we're getting ready to go to a visit on the weekend with the maternal grandparents and I get a call from the social worker from the county which is rare to get on a weekend yeah and she's like no photographs they're not allowed to take any photographs don't do it and I was like what she's like don't let them take a single photograph and I was like okay so the grandma pulls that phone I'm said I'm sorry I don't know what's going on I was just told you can't take photographs maternal grandmother starts swearing up and down like profanities in the middle of this McDonald's with all these other kids and stuff and just leaves 15 minutes into the visit that she's supposed to have for an hour. And our kids are like all like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. And then finally the social worker calls back and she's like, look, they went to court this last time in September and they presented photos where they said the kids looked depressed and abused and that you were abusing them and you weren't feeding them and like all this stuff. She's like, we had submitted, uh, all the reports on that exact visit too to the court saying like the kids were happy, they were doing well in school, they were well adjusted, like all these things. So they knew she was lying, but you, you don't want to let her take photos anymore. And so there was another case and she's like, also you need to start recording, like not recording, but transcribing your phone conversations, like not word for word, but this is what the kids talked about because she claimed that the kids were calling her every night saying that they were being abused and to come rescue them. So no. I would have to say. That's what they were trying to call when they were in the yeah, other house. Yeah, seriously. So I would have to, when they call, be like, phone call from grandmother, but at this time, talked about this, their phone ended, like, uh, this kid gets on and talked about this for this. And, like, I would have to transcribe out basically what they were talking about and submit it every evening. So we went to Hawaii with the kids. And grandma was, and then, so we got a, uh, at some point in September, the judge was like, she's only allowed to call once a week. Because it could be any time they wanted. Um, but it became once a week call. And then on the opposing week, they can visit. 
So it was one call and then a visit face to face. A call. And we had to do a face to face in a public place. Uh, we did a library, and there had to be a social worker on hand at all time. Yep, ours has always had to be supervised. So, um, but they thought our supervision was enough because we were doing it supervised just as us. But they were like, no, we need to have a county. In the beginning, or, or, ours were or, just we were doing it, and then yeah, then they were like, you need to send this. Yeah. So uh, there was an incident where Anna had to go to the restroom, and you know, there's a law that says that um, foster parents have to take the kids to the bathroom. You can't let a biological parent or anything right. take them because there have been cases, unfortunately, where yeah. children have been abused by their parents in the bathroom. So I wasn't there that day, so Bobby had to take her to the men's restroom. And when she came back, the grandfather in the middle of this library started screaming, like, don't you ever let a man take you out of And, like, made Anna burst into tears. Like, Anna would not go near a public restroom for about a year afterwards. Like, it was hard to get her to go to a public bathroom. Which is very funny because the first time she finally went was this El Pollo Loco. I was like, just go by yourself. It's fine. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch. And I didn't realize the door was super heavy and she couldn't open it easily from the inside. So she was like stuck inside the bathroom, like crying and like pounding on the doors. And she finally got out. She just showed up and she had these tears just street. I was like, what happened? But for whatever reason, that traumatic event with that like cured her and she was fine going after that point. No, but it was like heavy doors. No, no, but it was just so funny. I was like, oh, that's so sad. The first time she uses a public restroom. So that incident was reported, uh, kind of like done a quick report in. And uh, the courts came back, no more visitation. And I thought it was still phone calls allowed, but it appeared like no phone call allowed to because they never called again. Mm. So. Oh, they could have just given up. Yeah, so in November, we had. No, was it in November? No, in January, we went back to court. And mom decided she was going to try to disrupt the adoption because she'd had a new baby. And she knew that if these kids were going to get taken away, this was going to be numbers three, four, and five taken away. That she wasn't going to get reunified with this new baby. So she's like, I'm going to disrupt. And they're like, come get your paperwork. (laughs) And then she never showed up and got it. So she didn't really disrupt that much. Um, But grandma and grandpa showed up at this one in January. And so this was like our six-month review. Maybe it wasn't exactly six months. Maybe it was February. Um, whatever it was. It was like the sixth month in August. Something like that. February would be six months. Yeah, I guess it was February. And so they showed up and the court was there and the kids were there, but they kept them separate. And the court's like, um, the lawyer went to go see the kids and they said, your grandparents are here. Do you want to see them? And Anna, being the little tough, badass she is, is like, no, we never want to see our grandparents again. <laughs> like, she's like, we hate them. And like, I unprompted, I was surprised. I was like, she what? Because I'd never seen her at that point. Because at that point, we'd only had them since July. I did not know this about her personality. When she feels very passionately about something, there's, you know exactly how she feels. I'm going to let it out. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about this situation. Um, so that's what she did. She like, no. Blah, 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 blah. And like the other two are like, yeah, we agree. <laughs> like her what older brother said. and sister. Yeah, and she's like six. And the older two are like, yeah, we agree, we agree. So they went to court and the lawyer's like, the kids don't want to see the grandparents because the grandparents wanted to see them. And they talked to the lawyer for the birth mom, who's not there, of course, of course. And she's like, birth mom not there, yeah, of course. Yeah, not there. And the lawyer's like, I represent the birth mom. She's not here to say either way. So I think in this instance, it should be whatever the kids want. And if the kids don't want to see them, then I'm not going to make them see them. So the lawyer's like, okay, you need to leave. And they started swearing as they left that. They were so mad. And then the judge is like, okay, I'm going to set an adoption date. And so they set the adoption date at that point for like June, uh, June 1st. 
And you so, got an adoption date that day? Something like, it was very similar. I think she was going to set it. Either she said it, but I know very soon after we got the June 1st date. I get a little muddled in my brain. But I think, I feel like I knew coming out of there like it was going to be in June. Like either they said, I'm going to set it. Like she's like, I'm going to set it for three months from now or something. She said, yeah. like, we're going to set the date. She probably, yeah. No, she probably could. She probably, she might be. She might have done it that day because we knew we were going to come back. She probably did. And then, she's uh, so different than us. Yeah. And then she walked out. She's like, uh, we walked out. They're like, the kids are fine here. You should probably go to lunch and come back for them later because she's like, the grandparents could be waiting. You never know if they're in the parking lot or whatever. She's like, you should go to lunch. The kids will be fine. And the kids didn't care. They're like, we had pancakes for breakfast. We got burgers you, for you lunch. Went, you left? We then? left because they were at the child's courts and like they've got a whole daycare with toys and movies and everything. Wait, which one did you go to? Edelman. You I never mean, knew? No. Oh, yeah. So they went down there and they're like, hey, the kids are fine. They're like, they didn't have enough kids today, so we got extra pancakes. And like, <laughs> they had a blast. So they didn't care. So they were like, you should go to lunch. So we went to lunch and came back two hours later. And the kids are like, oh, they just didn't want the grandparents following you or trailing you. Because that's like- happened before when, like, uh, when all, when that rights have been severed, they've had instances where the birth family's yeah. waiting and then the kids come out and they start a big to-do. So they're like, you should just go to lunch. <laughs> we never had to take the kids to any of our... You didn't have to take them to court? Oh, Ever. And then we took, you took them on adoption day though, right? On the yes. day. So, so yeah, we and went to Edelman. It's very triggering. Yes. Oh, I know. For Jackson, they didn't care. But, and the girls didn't care for theirs, yeah. but they, it Anna, triggered them. For... I didn't realize how intense it was for Anna, the, what was going on. But she ended up like puking all over herself like afterwards. And she cried. She's like, I'm sorry. I threw up. Like, it's fine, hon. We're going to Dis- uh, Universal Studios today. It's fine. We're going to change yeah. you. And we, we did. And we took them to Universal Studios because they never read The Despicable Me Ride, which is all about celebrating the adoption day of the three girls in the movie. Yeah. And they love Despicable Me. And we came out. Did I ever tell you this story? The, the yeah. Universal story? So we came out and it just so happened the three girls are standing at the exit for photos. So we get in line because nobody's there. It's a weekday. And when they're there, we've got these signs made like today's our adoption day. So we're taking photos with them and Anna's being adorable. And she's like, we have the same adoption day. And like everybody's celebrating. And one of the like cast members goes, can I take a photo of all of them? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So my friend works in entertainment. He's like, Heather, you were here today? And I was like, yeah, why? He goes, your photo is being passed around universal, like backstage, like crazy. Like we came into a meeting and like, guys, this is why we do what we do. And it's your photo. I'm like, I know that family. <laughs> so the next year we went to go celebrate the one year anniversary. And he's like, oh, just tell me I want to see you guys and say hi. I'll get you a ticket because I had three free tickets. I don't remember why. And then he's like, I'll bring you a ticket. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So he's like, hey, meet me at like 1.30 to, to go friends. to the ride. Yeah. And I just thought he wanted to get together. He's like, I have a meeting. I just want to see. They love him. Uncle Glenn. They're like, Uncle Glenn. So we go and they're like, Gru, wait, it's our special friends. And like, Gru's there. And I was like, oh, how neat. They hung out. And like, he's like, oh, Gru, the girls are coming. So we thought it'd be nice to take a photo with Groot and the girls. I'm like, oh, cute. This swarm of people start coming towards us, all Universal employees, big cameras and everything, and like gift bags of like toys and autographed photos for the kids. And like this woman like has like a release that I can I'll let them use their photo for like backs, not for like anything in the personal publicity, but internal publicity. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. She's like, you don't understand. I'm adopted <laughs> and I have your kid's photo on my bulletin board so I can look at it every day. Daddy's <laughs> 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 crying. I made Patty cry. That's going to be my goal every episode. Can I make Patty cry? So she's oh, like, geez. 
Uh, I'll win. It'll be easy. I'll win. <laughs> so yeah, easy. she was so excited. I'll make like, myself cry. I'll probably cry every episode. No so yeah, she was amazing. She's like, you don't know. It's so inspiring to me. And it was just, it was nice. It was such a nice event. So they, they love Despicable Me because that's their ride now. That's our ride. Oh, yeah, it's your ride. Yeah. That's so sweet. So did you do anything fun for Adoption Day? We slept. <laughs> You're like, that was pretty fun. We had a lot of people for Adoption Day. For did you party? Yeah, so my mom, my dad, my sister, my sister, Carmi, her wife, Becky, the two kids, my best friend, Sunny, Valerie, um, Chris's mom, uh, anyone else they put in? Flew in. Lawrence. Mm. And then we had all of our, fo- we had, at that time, we had like six really close foster, yeah. like Families. I called it foster mamas. Wow. Um, and so they all came with their husband, majority of them with their husbands came to the thing. And then we had some church people and some anti-spaz and like, so we had like about 30 people in oh, that nice. room. Did you do it like at your church or? No, well that was for the court. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you're in the court. That's amazing. <laughs> for the court. And the person goes, the judge, Judge Richardson, who wasn't our judge the whole entire time, yeah. got to our last like six months and then stalled it because no. certain things weren't done right. Yeah. And the lawyer was like, he saved you a year. Oh, because if you nice. had not done that, mm-hmm. the, if your mom appealed, then it would have taken mm. even longer than yeah. it did already. Mom did appeal and did take a year after that, but it would have taken like two years. And we would gotcha. have been in it longer because they would have to come back, and fix yeah. it, and then done TPR again and all that. Yeah. Anyways, so it, he was great. But he made a comment. He was like, I have never seen so many people <laughs> in the courtroom like yeah. this and he goes you guys have support and loved and these girls yeah. are gonna like thrive so it was great um and then so after that we all went and we watched so the whole time we were talking about how we were getting adoption mm-hmm. and thing but the girls heard dolphin huh the whole time so they got thinking that we're gonna have a dolphin party a oh, dolphin party no. like and so they all were like are there gonna be dolphins there and we're gonna be like they're three and a half at this yeah. age. And I'm like, no, it's not dolphins. It's adoption. Like, they yeah. just kept hearing it wrong. And so the theme ended up being, like, dolphins. dolphins? So That's hilarious. So we ended hilarious. up dolphins. And so we got um, a dolphin tail was a movie oh, that yeah. we got as one of the gifts. And so we watched that. And I think half the family fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> it's just such an emotionally charged day. Yeah, like, everyone was sleeping. Yeah. We did go to their kid's favorite store at the time was IHOP. Because, you know, high class. Yeah. So we did go to that after the court, and yeah. then we went home, watched a dolphin tail, all fell asleep, and then the next day we had a big party. Oh, fun! Where they got to eat as many pickles and popcorn as they wanted. <laughs> we had a bounce house and like nice photographer and the oh, tent and everything. So. Do you do anything on the anniversary every year? We don't. No. Um, I thought I was gonna be one that mm-hmm. was going to. And we, we say a comment about it every year. We mm-hmm. say a comment on September 1st, and we say a comment on the 27th, and yeah. we say a comment when we get brother and stuff. But it's just too triggering for them. And not yeah. in like, oh, sad, oh my goodness. It's just with all their emotions and their mm-hmm. height of everything, it's yeah. like, it's better to gloss over it gotcha. than create a deal about it. Yeah. And I really thought I was going to be the other person. Like I, I really yeah. thought that we were going to be like every year we're going to go to Disneyland or every yeah. year we're going to do this or every year we're going to do that or like at least go to dinner or something mm-hmm. but we literally go to spend like a two minute thing I'm like do you know what today is? today is the day the judge 
judge made it. The, I'm whispering. Yeah. Today is the day the judge made it final. Forever family. Forever. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you say something, a little something like to them. And that's, and that's enough. Yeah. And that's a little moment and it's done. Like I feel like it's too much. And I yeah. always thought it was, I thought well, we were going to be, be like a party. I thought we were yeah. going to celebrate. And they get a little crazy right beforehand and they get a little crazy. Well, and the day that they came to us, like our gotcha day or the yeah. day they came or whatever. Um, it's right around school and it's already high emotions. And yeah, stuff. gotcha. So it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. And then during the summer, it's like we could easily celebrate it, but it just, it never seems right. Like it never seems like they can handle it. So we just don't, which is weird. Yeah. Our me. kids love the fact that they'll get pulled out of school for it. <laughs> See? So what's great is even the public schools, when you're like, they're not going to be at school. It's their adoption day. They're like, I understand. Let them go. <laughs> you're like, yeah. it's fine. We'll give them the homework ahead of time. Um, school policy is never the same as when you talk to people one-on-one and you let them know like, Hey, this is why my kids are going to be. Oh yeah. The girls. Yeah. One day I found out that like every one of their support people were all going to be at a training and gone. And so like literally it was going to be one person that they knew that could take care of them and they're runners. So I was like, I looked at Casey and I looked at Jennifer and I was like, "Mm, we may be. And then immediately the secretary goes, I thought Lexi was looking a little sick. You may want to keep her home tomorrow. And I went, you know what? I think we will. Don't yeah. want to spread it to the school. Yeah. Like, they're the ones like, take her yeah. out, lie to us, and say it's a sick day, and yeah. we'll just cover it for you because it's better yeah. to have it. Totally. You know? So, it's yeah, it's all about what's best yeah. for all the kids when it really comes down to it. I know with Jackson, he doesn't even care. He doesn't even know. Jackson's, I think we, we Jackson's gonna be my little buddy because he so funny when I first met him. Does that first? I meeting. don't talk about that yet. Okay, just he's so cute though. He is really cute. I think it's a small head. Anyways, I think he's also got a cute face. <laughs> so to wrap this part of this yeah. this podcast up, what would you have wished someone would have told you going into this? Not to do it. <laughs> Would you really? Uh, sometimes, like yeah. if someone says, "I think we're about to die," will you tell them, "Don't, don't do it, don't." I'm not a person who's like, "It's great." When everyone's like, "Oh, I want to talk to you about foster adoption," it seems like something I'm interested in. I'm like, "Okay, you should know it's gonna be the hardest few years of your life." Yeah. And like, and then I'm like, and then you don't care anymore. Like you become numb. <laughs> like seriously, I'm like, look. So I love my kids. Uh, my youngest and my son and even my oldest one when she's not being a teenager, which she's now a teenager all the time, so it's very rare, but they they provide joy every single day. And I can honestly say I love them with my entire being. You know, they are my children, you know, through and through. But man, I wouldn't have done it if I had known the sheer amount of emotional exhaustion and despair I was going to go through. And it almost ruined our marriage. You know, Bobby yeah. and I... And that's the other thing. It's like you're, and I, this is what I always loved. This is why I picked my foster agency is they said, our priority is you. It's not mm-hmm. the kids. Like the kids have tons of resources. There are going to be so many people in their lives right, looking out for the them. They said, but you need somebody looking out for you because if you're not supported, those kids aren't going to survive. He's yeah. like, if you're love, if you feel loved and supported and cared for, those kids are going to be loved and supported and cared for. Yeah. It's fine. So that's why I ended up with them is because they were all about the the adults. And it, it is necessary because there were times where I would call 
the emergency line just to cry to somebody and be like three in the morning. And they have, you know, I don't know if yours did it. We had some, they had somebody on staff, like an emergency social worker 24 yeah. seven. I'd be like, I don't know what to do. I feel so awful. They'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I understand your feelings in the morning. Like we're going to, like they would set up a plan of how we were going to address it and we'll give your number to the social. And what I loved is if I called and I had one of these emotional breakdowns at night and called the emergency social worker, like nine Oh five, the next morning, I would get a call from my regular social worker. Hey, I heard you called last night. I heard things were a little rough for you. Wow. And I felt totally supported by the people there. I would have my social workers on the phone for over an hour, just crying to them about mm-hmm. everything. So uh, I just think that I wish somebody had told me how hard it was. Because they said it was hard, but they didn't tell you, you're going to feel like death is the only option. Which is where I got at certain points. Like, I should probably just die right now and then it'll all be over. (laughs) And one day maybe I'll feel better. No, I feel better now. Though, there there are points where it's like, everything's going to be over soon. Like, we're going to snap. Oh, I, 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 yeah. And it wasn't even, I mean, uh, it's not their fault. But when you're, I think here's what I'm trying to say. Nobody told me how the demons of the birth family can ruin your family how things that you had no control over and your kids had no control over will manipulate and ruin your life if you aren't fully aware that it's doing it and I wasn't fully aware for a long time of what it was doing to us wow and it took a a huge moment of stepping back of getting my own therapist of uh really working with the kids therapist to finally get to a point of going I am being utterly affected by people I've never met and I hope to never meet in my entire life. And they're ruining my life. And it took, it it was a lot of that. Like you don't realize how much they're going to damage you. Like how it trickles down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm crying again. (laughs) (laughs) What would you have told people? That... asking me the questions you were supposed to ask me the questions I thought it was tit for tat it is I hate that saying <laughs> this reminds me of boobies <laughs> anyway it means they have Kit Kats boobies Kit okay. Kats one same of the difference same. they both break um, well I don't think people realize I don't think I realized how I was similar to what you were saying like how much it affects you like you knew about their trauma yeah but you didn't know that their trauma was going to become your trauma yeah exactly I'm crying again <laughs> you know be, it's like you I gotta get a cry counter going <laughs> that's three oh, yeah. we should, are we gonna by the end of the year we're gonna have uh the the bingo like <laughs> Okay, first time listeners, please email your account of how many Gracie, times. Gracie, please email your account of how many times. You think Patty's going to cry for the whole year. And then if you're right, we'll buy you a gift card. I don't know. A $5 to Starbucks or something. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Flappers. Flappers? <laughs> we'll get you a complimentary <laughs> ticket to one of our shows. <laughs> Two item minimum after that point. You can oh, come. that's funny. Yeah, I didn't know how much yeah. trauma their trauma was going to cause me. Yeah. Like, you don't hear about secondary trauma. You don't hear mm-hmm. about how much... And how much loss... Like, you hear about their loss, but you don't hear about your loss. Yeah. Like, 
even when they try to prepare you because they they did stuff like that and say like you should deal with your parenting issues before you but go there. But not even that. Like it's the yeah. loss of just having adopted kids. Yeah. It's like we can't celebrate birthdays like yeah. I thought I was going to be able to celebrate yeah. because the girls can't handle it. Like they could not handle their whole school class coming to their house yeah. with a jump house and a birth and with cake. Yeah. Like a normal party of like 15 kids, they can't handle. It's yeah. too much excitement for them. They will melt down. Yeah. They can handle two kids a piece. Yeah. So the idea of me having these big birthday parties for them was gone. The me the idea of going like they get triggered mm-hmm. with hotels. Like the idea of like traveling the easily. Yeah. Is gone. And now I have to adapt everything to make it work if I still want to do that. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of all these loss that you have because your life just isn't yep. normal. Like they didn't tell me that part of like you're going to deal with your own trauma and you're going to deal with your own loss yeah. of the life that you thought you were going to have. Even if you thought, oh, I'm going to have adopted kids. It just it comes at you in so yeah. many different ways. Like so many kids need different things. And then I don't know. <laughs> sounds really bad to say. <laughs> And I'm going to lose all of our followers, Gracie. Gracie, no, no. But I, don't, I, don't, I feel like, I don't know if it's the adoption or it's the special needs kids sometimes. Because my son being so special yeah. needs, it's like, oh, this could have happened. Po- I mean, but then that's the thing. Is it wouldn't have happened. If I had gotten biologically pregnant, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word. But if I had gotten naturally pregnant, I wouldn't be drinking. He wouldn't have brain damage. Like, I would have yeah. not caused that. I mean, but I could have had an autistic kid. I could have had a Down syndrome. Yeah. There's other risks I could have had. So is it the, like the, the special needs kid is how that's intense or is it the adoption? Because the girls have their needs, but theirs are kind of like... I feel like it's just compounded. Like oh, it's these it things that are just like stacked upon each other. And it's, you know, there are things that people, you can tell, think are so not normal. And you're like, this is my normal life. <laughs> this is what I do. I mean, I know people think I'm I'm a jerk parent. I know it. I know they think I'm too tough, but I, I feel like... When we have these rules and guidelines, it's the only way they the kids can boundaries. thrive. Yeah. They need the boundaries. And I mean, people could sound like, I remember Anna was having a meltdown at a Target and I just stood there and kept shopping. And this one was like, are you going to do anything? And I was like, no, <laughs> she's going to, cause, and you're not going to go on the lengthy thing of, you don't understand. This is a manipulation tactic. She's trying to get my attention. She needs to know, da, da, da. like we were told they're going to have a meltdown and you can't give in. You have to yeah. just continue doing what you're doing and they'll calm themselves and they'll realize if you pick them up and carry them outside, they'll know that they can do this to get a reaction out of you. You have to not give them any reactions when they have, like they were drilled into us about no reactions. And so I would not give her a reaction if people be like, your kid is screaming. I'm like, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. judgments you get. Yeah. And I just, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know if I would say tell people not to do it. I just definitely would like, you and I need to have a conversation, the yeah. nitty-gritty of the ugly of it. Yeah. Because it's interesting. This is what I learned today. Mm-hmm. Not very important, but this is what I learned today. Your dark years were during yeah. our dark years. Because when we got Jackson, he was so... He had to wake up. He had to be fed every hour because of his weight for the first three months, which is it's your insane. body is not designed to do no. that at all. And then it coincided with... No little hamster feeder thing. Like... <laughs> Um, that would have been nice. Yeah. Although there's a rule, you're not allowed to prop the bottle up. We had to sign a rule saying we wouldn't do that. Oh, Anyways, my gosh. so it was so much, and it coincided yeah. with I think the girls had just turned three. 
three and a half. Like they were, they were, they just turned three. They were like three and a half. They had just gone to school. Yeah. So they're going through all their traumas coming up. So like it coincided at like the exact same moment. Plus having the trauma. Yeah. Having the, the, you know, readjustment of another sibling coming in and they had lost their brother six months prior because we had a foster son. So like all yeah. this trauma came up. And so for like a year, like Chris and I's relationship was totally on the rocks. All I did was drink cider and eat ice cream. Like, yeah. To the point where I was like, I cannot drink cider or I'll become an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, I cannot medicate myself this way. Yeah. So I ate chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It, our dark years are the same yeah. time. And it's tough. And it's I just, tough. I think that's the thing. It's like, you would see all these adoption stories and everybody talks about, oh, it's so wonderful. And at the end, you're but so... And you it talk, is. You get it. But nobody beautiful. says, like, by the way, you're going to have a really shitty 12 months at some point. Oh, yeah. And you're going to feel like dying. Oh, Don't yeah. worry. It goes... You know, nobody says that. No. And that's what I want to hear is I want to see something. And you're going to break and you're yeah. going to have the hardest time in your yeah. life and you're, you're going to have the worst thoughts and you're yeah. going to feel guilty for those thoughts yeah. because you're not allowed to express the thought of like, no. oh, I fucked up our family by saying no. yes. Because if you say that out loud, you're going to be the crappiest person ever. So then yeah. you feel crappy for having that thought and thinking it, but you can't share it to anybody. And it's so sad because the truth is every single well, adopted parent goes through this oh, feeling yeah. of like, I made a mistake. You and know? if you, if you haven't, well, I mean, not every. Let me clarify that. Majority. The majority. <laughs> but but still, it's like, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy what you're, it's just yeah. a lot of emotions and it stuff. Is. And it's, I was just trained so much with the curls and like the kids, the kids, the kids. That they were per- And my agency definitely checked on one of us. They were like, yeah. have y'all gone on a date night? Or do y'all have support? Yeah. Like they definitely were more than like the county would ever care, yeah. you know? But it was definitely like, I didn't realize how intense my yeah. trauma was going to be. Yeah. By having them in our life. Because you're not designed to handle six-hour meltdowns. And you're not designed to, like, be able to emotionally handle your daughter screaming at the window, crying, because they don't want to see their birth mom, but you're required by court. Like, no one tells you the emotional part of that. And then the the dichotomy of, like, you're a foster mom, but you're also their mom. Did they make you take her? Because we were... Maybe it's because our kids were older, but they were like, if your kids don't want to see them, they don't have to see them. No, ours were required. Okay. Because we were told, like, maybe it's also because it was just the grandparents. They're like, the grandparents are different than bio parents. Yeah. Because like, the bio parents are trying to make yeah. an effort to, to like, sit. prove that so they can take them back and all this stuff. But it wasn't yeah. the grandparents. The grandparents aren't going to get them. Yeah. So it's like, just to keep bond. Yeah. Because they were pissed off because, like, they, they started with, like, them not wanting to talk to them on the phone. And they would talk. They're like, that's it. And I'm like, eh, sorry. <laughs> and I wasn't required to make them talk to them. So. But that's just horrible. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Right. So. Gracie, I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Gracie, for listening. And whoever else listens in the future, maybe. Yay. Yay. Bye. All right. Well, that's us. Bye. Bye. The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at Mother Effin' Podcast dot com.